podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Cass Stevens. I'm joined today uh, by our guest, Jamie Revis. We're going to be talking to him in episode 11 of season two. So, uh, Jamie, I just want to go ahead and give you a minute to kind of tell the viewers, listeners who you are and a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me today, Jacob. I really have uh, always wanted to be a guest on this podcast. It's, it's, a good it's been one. a dream of mine, so I'm glad to, to make that happen today. So thanks for asking me to be on. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, so um, about 40 years ago, uh, I was born uh, wow. in this area uh, and have been a Yakin County guy uh, my entire life outside of going to college. Um, my dad uh, was born and raised here, uh, Mike, and then he met my mom, Carol, at App State, and then they... Got married while she was still in school and uh, moved back here. Uh, Dad worked with Yakin County Health Department for a long time and then was health director. My mom taught school for 34 years at Courtney Elementary. Go Panthers. Jacob couldn't fist bump. He's really not a Courtney guy, but that's okay. I designed uh, the little yeah. drawstring bag. He so. did help design uh, Courtney Soccer, Courtney Strong. Courtney Soccer Club. Yes, what did we do? Club. Yeah, Courtney Soccer Club last year. So I appreciate that. So he, he has helped out Courtney. Yeah, it was the uh, best drawstring bag that they've ever had. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I agree. It was a great drawstring bag. Because um, the most humble person ever created it. Yeah, always, uh, humility always helps, right? A great project. So yeah, Courtney area. Love Courtney. Uh, grew up being around there a lot with my mom being a teacher there. Uh, went to Fort Bush, went off to school, went to NC State for a year, and went to um, UNC, go Tar Heels, uh, got my degree there in religion, came back and began working as an intern at uh, South Oak Ridge, my home church, really felt called in a ministry, so went to Southeastern uh, Seminary for part-time for five years for a two-year degree, so <laughs> while, while I was uh, interning and substitute teaching and things like that, uh, and, and served at uh, my home church for about uh, 10 years uh, until uh, Nick uh, Pondexter and I really felt called to to start uh, to plant uh, Polite Church where we've been for seven years. Wow. That is crazy. It is. Uh, but yeah, born and raised here, love the area, love Yakin County, the YC, and just a passionate about the area and people here uh, knowing Jesus too. I do want to note something that you said before I get into the next little set of questions here. Now, you did mention that you went to Courtney and you said go Panthers. Yes. And then you did mention where you went to college, you said go Tarkos. Yes. But when you mentioned where you went to high school, you didn't say go Falcons. So I appreciate you not uh, being very supportive of that. Oh, go Falcons, Falcons. for no, sure. Your five ball's coming up. Definitely go <laughs> Falcons for certain. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right, so you got into uh, your education and then how you got here to Collide, and yep. that is kind of, well, definitely where we met. So maybe you can recall a story of, of how we met. Do you remember? Uh, you can help me if this is the first time. I, I just know, remember a couple of stories. I think okay. that you and your family uh, came to a uh, like an anniversary celebration uh, maybe, or maybe it was a trunk or treat. Something that happened in the parking lot, you were there. Do you okay. remember which one it was? This, are you talking about the first time that I ever came here? Sure. That was just for, I thought that you guys were having service. Okay, so the first time you ever came, <laughs> yes. Uh, you came on a Wednesday uh, afternoon, evening, and for some reason, Zach Matthews, one of our elders here, and I were uh, here doing something. 
and we're leaving, uh, and you were coming up for the day uh, thinking we had Wednesday night service because we're a Baptist church in Yetton <laughs> County. We have Wednesday night Should service, be. right? So, no, we don't have Wednesday night service. We have community groups. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to tell you that we weren't having church. Right. And then after that, I think it was after that, I went to, I believe it was the one-year anniversary concert. You had Rare Breed. Rare Breed, yeah. yes. Uh, Rob. Rare. Yeah, that's his name. But what's Rob his? Rare. Rob Rare. <laughs> Rob Harden, I believe, is his okay. name. Rare Breed. Okay. Uh, yeah, Christian rapper uh, that uh, Nick and I have to know is his wife, Erin. He's blown up here lately with his God Twang thing. We had him, uh, yeah, had him for a concert after we did that. It was very cool. Very that, cool that was my first time being inside of Collide. Okay. I walk in and I see there's no chairs. There's just a bunch of kids around the stage jumping up and down while dudes rapping. Yes. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting for Yakin County. So. Yeah. We are different, but we do usually have chairs and don't usually have wrapping, okay? We are different. We do typically have seats and don't have a wrapper. Nothing against wrappers, but we just, that's not yeah. normal. So we if you're looking for a time. church that has seats, Collide does we do. have seats. They're pretty cushy now. Yeah, they're yeah, cushy now. For sure. Yeah, and but if you're looking for a wrapper every Sunday, I don't know where to tell you to go. It's not here. Wherever Rare goes to church, probably. Yeah, you didn't say he was going to be rapping. He'll just be there because he's yeah. a rapper. But it'll be a rapper that's there. You that's just right. You not hear him rapping. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so if I remember how to do this correctly, I think now is where I go into the trivia questions. No, now no. is where I go into the deep three questions. And then we... Something. Yes, okay. yes. You go, we go have the uh, the deep three The deep three. Questions. The three questions that I wrote to get into deep conversation with my guest on the D3 podcast. <laughs> yeah, so what are the D3 things? Do you remember what they I, are? I will read them right now. Oh, uh, you're asking the questions. What are the topics, though? Oh, sports, um, Jesus, and culture. Okay. I'll Was take Jesus. Close? I would say faith, but yeah, faith. I mean, I mean okay. you can't say. I'm not going to say Jesus is wrong with my faith. <laughs> gotcha. I can't, can't say that's the wrong answer. Okay, so sports, faith, and culture. Yes. All right. So now I ask the deep three questions. So you do. what? I can't read my own handwriting. So what is your favorite sports memory? I yeah, that is that is it. You know, um, I gone through one one episode and kind of answering these questions. I'm trying to think about what I said, and one coming to mind, and I don't remember if it's this one or not, was um, I really uh, peaked out as an athlete um, on the JV level. So when I was when I was in seventh grade, I was like five two, uh, and when I was in eighth grade, I was up to five eight. You know how tall I am now? I'm uh, five eight. Yeah. So I grew like a quarter of an inch after then. So like I kind of like, not that I was an amazing athlete, but I was a little bit ahead of my friends, and then they all shot way past me once they started growing. Right. So um, my freshman year, I was on JV with. Um, before Bush basketball, go Falcons. I'm going to keep saying it now because you said I didn't say it, which I didn't. Uh, but we were playing against Elkin at Elkin's gym, uh, and it was a good back-and-forth game. Uh, but we find ourselves um, down by four points uh, with, like, nine or ten seconds to go. So that's pretty hard overtime. 
I know you know that because you're, you're well-versed in sports. Well-versed. Well-versed. But we're down by four, and the most points you can get on a shot is three, right? Three, yeah. So uh, they uh, threw me the ball, and I took a shot from uh, pretty deep behind the three-point line about ten seconds ago. Missed it, but I got fouled. So when you get fouled on a three-point shot, you get free throw. three free throws. Three. Okay. Three of them. Now, that used to not be the case, which made no sense. You used to only get two free throws for a three-point basket. That sounds ridiculous, but that was the case. And then they, they changed it. Thank goodness for this story, they changed it. You get three shots. So um, we're down yeah, we're down four. So I made the first two, uh, and the coach was asked saying to miss the third one on purpose so that we could try to grab the rebound and shoot a layup in and get two points and tie the game. Right, so I did that. Made the first two, missed the third one on purpose, we didn't get the rebound. We fouled. There's like three seconds to go. Third guy goes down and hits a foul shot. Now, three seconds to go, I mean, we almost have no prayer, right? Pretty much zero prayer of, of uh, winning this game, tying it. Um, especially if he would reverse the order of what he did. Uh, so he he steps up there, and he misses the first one. Uh, so, like, all right, we got a chance. But, again, if he would have missed the second one, like the ball would have came down. We'd have been 80 feet from the basket. The clock's going to run out probably. But instead, he makes the uh, second shot. So we're down three. We're throwing the ball in bounds. My, my buddy, uh, Mike, shout out to Mike, Mike Dab, one of my good friends in high school. He, he was a pitcher. He had a great arm. So he gets the ball out of bounds and just throws a laser pass to me. And I catch it uh, right around half court. Turn around, take one dribble, and shoot it. Strip the net at the buzzer. So that tied the game. Yeah. It tied the game, and we came back. We went on to win it in uh, overtime. So that was a pretty cool uh, moment. And, again, kind of where I about tapped out my my uh, athletic career, especially for basketball. I was pretty good at soccer. But that was a cool memory. It yeah. just it stuck out, and it was a really fun uh, fun time for sure. Awesome. So uh, next question here, uh, what is something that you can't get enough of? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what uh, – Guests do quite a bit, which is okay. I love everybody I've had. They'll give more than one answer, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, so two things. Number one uh, would be my family, which I haven't mentioned yet. My wife, Anna, my kids, uh, Hattie and Mazzy, Hattie five, Mazzy two. Love, I'm just loving more and more time that we get to spend together uh, as a family, whatever it may be, going on trips to the beach or just playing games, uh, you know, I typically do bedtime with the girls, and I just really appreciate and love that time where we can sit together, read books, uh, read a Bible story, pray together, sing songs. Uh, they asked me to sing. If they really knew how bad I was, they would stop asking, right? <laughs> but I love that time with family. And I love also getting to set aside time to specifically be with uh, my wife, Anna, and just strengthen our relationship, too. So uh, that's my um, legit serious answer. But another one I would say... Uh, that just keeps growing for me is I can't get enough uh, tacos. Okay. Whatever you got. I mean, I know you're a Taco Bell guy. Right, Taco former Bell. Uh, Taco Bell employee. Shout out to the border. <laughs> like, I like Taco Bell, but any kind of taco, like, you put, like, literally about anything inside of a tortilla shell, and it's good. Like, it holds the food in, and it's edible. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. So okay. I love tacos, uh, Chipotle, 
shout out to El Farito, uh, the tacos truck in Yakinville, yes. um, and you name it. Breakfast tacos. I would say that's my niche right now. Breakfast tacos. Where do you get breakfast tacos? Uh, not enough places. We went to the beach and I got some there in Moorhead City. You were down there, close to where I was. Yeah. Um, and I forgot Banks. I think was the place. Okay. So. So not Taco Bell for. They're not open for breakfast here. I thought they were. And I don't think so. You can correct me on that one, but uh, bacon and eggs and cheese. Whoever else bring it on, but that's just a good staple. <laughs> Easy taco and get you a little bit of salsa. Get that taco in some good green salsa. Wouldn't be verde. Salsa verde, yes. Yeah. Sorry, not speaking Espanol, but yes. So, tacos, any kind, whatever, bring it on. I want to eat some tacos. All right. And the last of the deep three questions uh, What is something that God is teaching you right now? Wow. Uh, that this is maybe ongoing for a long time in my life, but that following him um, is not necessarily easy. It's definitely not easy, but it's right. Uh, following what he has called you to do, me to do, whatever it may be, our church to do, our family to do. Uh, is not easy. I think we've had the misconception in church for a long time that, man, just trust in Jesus and everything's going to be easy. It's going to be, I don't know, rainbows and unicorns, whatever it may be. But it's not easy, but it's the best thing to do. Um, so, I think that's part yeah. of the uh, American gospel as we have it now. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, you said it well this past Sunday when you said, you know, God is not safe. But he is good. Yeah, yeah. If you guys don't know that quote from uh, Chronicles of Narnia, when talking about uh, Aslan, who's like the uh, Christ-like figure in the movie, uh, you know, they're, the lion, they're like, uh, is he safe? They're asking, and they're like, no, he's not safe, uh, but he's good. Right? I think we equate... Uh, safety and security and easy things with uh, being in the will of God. But that's not the case at all. I mean, yeah. just look at the people in the Bible, man. They went through hard times and struggles and <laughs> battles and wars and the fiery furnace and the cross. Like, following God is not necessarily uh, easy. Uh, it brings joy. It may not always bring happiness, but it definitely brings joy. So, um that's something I've seen. So just a real encouraging word for y'all today. Following God is not, not always easy, but it is the best. All right, so uh, now I think I get into the, the questions that I, that I have. Trivia? Trivia, okay. Yeah, forgot about all that. All right, okay. so yeah. So, Jacob knows always three trivia questions for the guests, right? As so, I know well. As you always well first three team. trivia questions. Yeah. Uh, that will relate into what we're going to be talking about later. So they're all going to seem kind of random. They're not going to relate to each other. Okay. Um, so, and it, but we'll get somewhere with it eventually. Okay. So, uh, what culture began to exchange rings for weddings? Wow. I thought you said you're going to be easy on me there. <laughs> uh, maybe I should have like a country or like. 
Yeah, you could say country. Yeah. It is a country. Yeah. Uh. Damn. Do you have like a? I want. I want cheat and ask for hints. Like a time frame for this or no? Um. There's no time frame on the answer. So. No. <laughs> but. The country. I can give you clues without saying words. You want to do that? Without saying words? Yeah. I can, like, motion. <laughs> and people listening have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> was that a hint that you just did? Was that yeah, a hint? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> the Egyptians. Hey. Wow. That's it. That's it. Pulled out and out of thin air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So King Tut, and he gave his wife a ring. I don't know about King Tut, but it, it started in Egypt. So. Okay. That's that's all I know because I googled it. So that's always my preface. I googled this, so you know it's right. So here's the answer. I googled all three of these. Okay. Go so the that. Egyptians were the first to exchange rings for a wedding. That's good to know. Okay. Uh, the second question: What is the most gifted presence that fathers receive on Father's Day? Okay, where do they get the most for Father's Day? Yeah. I was thinking about Christmas. I don't know. Um, from this is dumb from their kids right not like from a spouse you know it right? doesn't it doesn't specify but I would assume as a father's day gift that it comes from a kid from the kids but you know it ain't always kids like old people have dads too Old people have dads too. <laughs> That's funny. Um, this feels so lame, but uh, it socks. is. It is lame. Oh no, it's not socks. Underwear. It's more lame than than socks or underwear, because I actually wear socks and underwear. Ties. Neckties. That's it. Yeah. The number one thing is neckties. So I'm gonna go ahead and say this: if my kids ever listen to this, okay, I don't want a necktie. Uh, I ha I own one. One. And the I, one? Yeah, and I don't know that I've ever worn it. We're going to have to change that. Why? You're going to have something happen where you have to wear a necktie. I started coming to Collide Church specifically because nobody wears ties here. It's the only Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason, right? The only reason. <laughs> so they didn't have to wear a tie church. At that point, did you have more than one when you started coming? I had two. Oh, so you could rotate it. I Sunday. could rotate them. I had a black one that was like, if it's formal. Yeah. And then I had this blue one that it was informal. I don't know why you would wear a tie to something that's informal, but it was like the collide blue. So I guess I could have kept it. So not like you wouldn't wear this one to a funeral or maybe not even a wedding because it's a little flashy. You're not trying to yeah. be flashy there. Yeah, you don't need to be flashy at somebody else's wedding. It's true. And people looking at... The bride, not the a bride. Jacob, right? Right, exactly. Not my cool tie. Right. <laughs> so neckties is number one for for dads. Yep. That's it. I mean, yeah, I trust Google, but that seems hard to believe. It's still at this day and time. It's yeah, one. I kind of thought the same thing, oh. but okay. I don't know. All right. Can you tie a necktie? Let me ask that question. Can, you Can tie I tie? One? Yes. So sometimes. It might take me a couple tries. But okay. I'll... It's because I don't do it enough, right? So I don't really remember it. But so it out. tying a tie—it's not quite like riding a bike. Mm, no, it's not, because I can still ride a bike. I don't own one, right? But if you put me on one, I'll be all right. Do you think it's like swimming? 
let's not talk about that because <laughs> our viewers may not know this. They will now. They will now. I can't. I can't swim. So, uh, and that's not a that's not a cop out because I'm scared of water. I literally cannot swim, as Jamie has witnessed. I have. Like there's, it's <laughs> Jacob tries to swim forward. And goes backwards. I can't explain it. You yeah, just have to see I can't it. Either. You I can't either. I do to see it. I'm told the motions to go through to swim forward, and my body goes backwards. Yep. Um, barely. It barely yeah, goes slowly. Backwards. So very slowly. <laughs> I can pedal really fast, really and I will slow. slowly go backwards. Yep, that's true. That's true. All right. Last question. So uh, this apostle was the first to join Jesus' cause, and even introduced his brother to Christ. Oh, man. You can't really give me some emotions on this one because it's somebody that's a person. Yeah, I don't really know how to give you emotion over somebody's name. I don't know how to sign either. I don't know how to read it, so it wouldn't have been any good. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably give you the wrong letter, and then you would just say the wrong name. Is it the guy that I would think of that's pretty much out the outgoing one of the group? No. Okay. No. Um, but yes. So, so okay. No, no, no he's not. Yes. The, he was not the first, but his brother was. He's the brother. And the brother is the outgoing one, the one that can never be quiet. Yes. Okay. Let's see the brother's name. <laughs> can't read either. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, yes. Yeah. So Peter was the outgoing one. Being that, that would have been my, my guess. So, okay. Yeah. Jesus forgot, uh, went and called Andrew. Andrew brought his brother along. As we should. As we should. And, you know, Peter, for all the shortcomings, was pretty influential in the spread of the church. So that's awesome. We don't hear, you know, we don't hear a lot about Andrew in the in the scriptures, really, or that's true. Beyond, but I think um, Peter just talked a lot more. Than Andrew. <laughs> At I least mean, it was recorded. When, when you're reading a book that's based a lot on what people say, then the people who speak more more often to be yeah, in the book, right? Be the main character. Doesn't mean the other ones aren't important. <laughs> yes. So that's going to bring us into the three. Those questions will bring us into the three topics. That I kind of wanted to talk about today. Okay. So it's being marriage, fatherhood, and discipleship. Okay. So we'll start off with marriage, and I want to find this out from you because I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are nine or ten years older than him. Depends on what time of the year it is, <laughs> right? Yes. So what daycare was she at when you robbed the cradle? Oh, man. She's not at daycare. <laughs> uh, I am... 10 years older than her, typically. There's about, typically. you know, a few weeks where I'm only nine years older than her, right? Because okay. she turns, she'll turn 31 before I turn 41. So there's that little section in there where I'm only nine years older than her. So okay. I would say 10. I mean, that's, right now I'm 10, right? Okay. So, yes, yeah, 10 years older. So how'd you guys meet? Uh, we met at church. Um, that's the easy answer. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, she began going to church. I mean, went through a youth group, and um, you know, obviously, so I mean, a little, little tricky, but I felt the, 
God say that you could be the the one for me and I you know as I talked about how God speaks man I checked that through about everything I could you know to make sure that that it was where he actually was leading and that doors were open uh and it worked out obviously well, what year was that what you that you got married I got married uh on 2010 10-9-10 October 9th 2010 I want to get married on 10-10-10 that would have been cool right yeah. But that was a Sunday. That's a little weird. I know people. I know at least one person who was married on that day. Yeah. On ten ten ten, but uh, October 9th, two thousand ten. It's funny that you say that because so me and Amanda tried to get married on eleven eleven eleven. Okay. Um, but we, uh, I'll go ahead and admit this. We went to the courthouse to get married. Right. Um, and when we went, they were open, but they weren't accepting just walk-ins. Like they had appointments. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're going to the salon in the barber shop. You got an appointment today? You have an appointment to get married today? No, we can't do that. Interesting. I didn't know that you had to have an appointment to get married. I don't know that you normally do. I think it was just that day. It was only like a half day or something. And that's how it worked out. So we ended up, I think that was a, I want to say it was a Friday. And we ended up waiting and getting married on the following Monday. It's Veterans Day, right? It's the 14th. But the 11th would have been Veterans Day. That might have been. That might have been why they were. There you go. As a half day. Yeah. Yeah. So you got married on the fourteenth. Yes. Eleven fourteen eleven. Yes. Big year for you, Jacob. It was. I mean, it is right now because. Yeah, it's this ten year. Years. Yeah, ten years. Okay. Cool. Wow. So I'm just one ahead of you. That's it. Because I'm not that much wiser than you at this, <laughs> if any. Well, I was gonna go there next. Would you consider yourself uh, a wise, um, seasoned married man? Have you learned some things in the last 11 years of your marriage? I have learned some things. I don't know that I consider myself wise, but I am always trying to uh, to learn more about my wife and about marriage and ultimately how that our marriage should reflect the gospel, Yeah, reflect how Jesus loves the church. But, yeah, uh, uh, we always got to be learning. I don't say that as a cop-out either. Like, we just come whenever there. Yeah. But uh, I think... Learn a whole lot right off the bat. Uh, to me, like the first couple of years, like it's just I don't know. <laughs> it's different with living with somebody. Um, me as an only child, there's a lot of freedom there to just do whatever in the world I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. Uh, being a little bit older, get married. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, I won't say it's like you know what I said about your faith. It's not easy, but it's good. I mean, that's probably true with marriage. We don't. It's not always you know perfect yeah it's hard work but it's worth it just like following jesus is uh for sure so stick with it work hard date your spouse um get to know them and what makes them tick uh you know i don't think this is weird but maybe it's outside of the box people's thinking like personality tests uh enneagram uh, strength finders like know who your who your spouse is and who God created them to be, um, and find the good in that. Like you know, the, I think the easiest thing we can do, uh, especially as dudes, would be like be upset at uh, our wives for being different than us. Yeah, and we should really rejoice in that and be glad they're not the same as we are, uh, and and learn how we need to speak to them, how we need to interact with them. Know the things that they need to feel encouraged, to feel lifted up, to uh, to feel like they're 
walking out the faith, their faith where they should be. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, that kind of segues into the next topic I wanted to talk about. So I did want to hit on fatherhood a little bit. Yeah. You know, that kind of comes with the territory of being married after a little while. So uh, yeah, I, I want to ask you this. What, um, what's probably the biggest challenge you faced as a father? Well, um, I'll start off by an- not answering the question, I guess, but like, I, I think what I would would have said going into it would be um, I haven't spent much time with babies, almost zero, before I, we had, Anna and I had one. Uh, but I was really just amazed at how naturally it came to take care of uh, a baby, yeah. right? I don't think I'd ever change the diaper, but you figured out. I mean, um, you know, I wasn't trying to avoid it. I actually remember I was watching one of my friend's kids one time, I think office before his married Friday kids or something, and I was like hoping that they would basically. I was hoping they would poop so I could change it. So I'd say I've done it right, and they didn't do it, so I didn't get wow. that chance. So uh, changing my kids' diaper was the first one, but just it's crazy that God designed us to be parents, and we just figure it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be it changing that, figure out why they're crying. You know, are they tired? Are they hungry? Do they need a new diaper? If it's not one of those three things. Call on the expert who's either your <laughs> wife or the doctor, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, that and just how uh, – I remember um, a friend of mine, uh, Jake Hoots. I've had his brother Jared on the podcast before. Uh, he is a teacher and coach at Fullbush, and he's told me this one time. He's like, you know, man, they tell you – people tell you that um, going to college changed your life. He's like, it's different, but not really. You know, you, you know how to survive. You're long people. You've been to high school. It's not that much different. Uh, and then, like they tell you, all oh, get married will uh, change your life. And he's like, and it does. And we just talked about that a little bit, how it's different um, uh, than what you've experienced before. But he's like, then they tell you that having a baby will change your life. He's like, yes, it will. He's like, that will. Having kids will change your life. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, when you're married, and hopefully you're two of, two of the – both of the couple, both persons in there, you and your wife, you and Amanda, uh, whether you or me were super mature when we got married could be up for debate. But we were adults, right? Right. So you have a baby who's totally dependent upon uh, upon uh, his parents, her parents, like 24-7. You know what I mean? So that that is totally life-changing. So just being a lot more aware of, of being selfless and um putting the needs of somebody else before yourself whatever that took uh in marriage is amplified and multiplied when it comes to being a parent and then as you have more than one if you've got three you yeah. more than where it is to me like it just kind of gets multiplied a little bit more but man it's nice whenever your older kids can start to be a little bit helpful we're just getting in that season where i think you know our older kids are can do some chores, can can get things for us, can we've had a foster baby and you know Hattie at five can can feed them. I mean, we're not leaving them alone with that, but like we can sort of watch, she can feed the baby. You know what I mean? So that's helpful. I look forward to the season where my kids get a little bit older. I don't want to rush it. But like our relationship changes as we get more mature and we're able to do more things together. Um, that makes sense. So I guess 
being more like Jesus in the sense of putting the needs of other people before yourself to me is the biggest thing. I don't know what you would say to that. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And, and it's kind of perfect, you know, where I wanted to go from here. Um, just thinking about, you know, the things that, that fatherhood prepares us for. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you were saying, you know, putting other people's needs before our own. Yeah. You know, we carry that out from, we, we see it and it comes naturally with being a father. Maybe not so naturally um, when it comes to just putting other people in general before ourselves. Right. Um, but it does teach us how to do those things. It teaches us how to provide for other people's needs. It prepares us for uh, the next, you know, topic that I wanted to talk to you about, okay. and that's discipleship. Yeah. Uh, they really, I mean, I don't want to say they go hand in hand, but they kind of do, you know. Like, sure. you don't have to be a father to be a, a disciple or disciple-making disciple, but it certainly would help. You're kind of a spiritual father to somebody, yes. in a sense, you know. For sure. And so uh, I did want to ask you, you know, when you were coming up, when you were deciding that, you know, maybe ministry was something that you wanted to get into. Who was it that discipled you? Yeah, uh, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, in a great family that definitely put uh, God first and going to church was at the top of our list of, of important things to do. Um, great Bible preaching church. But, um, I mean, youth group, uh, my youth pastor, uh, Chris Hooser, I mean, people, everybody around here knows him as Hoos, uh, was that was that person for me. Um he taught me so much about being uh, a Christian and just about putting other people first. Like it, more than anybody I've seen, he just his ability to put the needs and wants and desires of other people and always to, to bend over backwards to help out anybody that he that he could was huge to me. And uh, something that I never forget. Um, I mean, I loved all we did as youth group, and we we stayed busy. We did lock ins. We did. Christmas parties, we picked up trash on the side of the road, we picked up trash at football games, we, all kinds of stuff, trips, multiple trips a year, uh, you know, church, uh, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night, like we were doing all kinds of things, and I loved all that, we would go, <laughs> this is how we would, uh, my group just was, uh, and it's crazy now to think about, but go for Sunday school, go for church on Sunday either go out to eat with those people or go home and eat lunch and then come back to the church just to hang out for all afternoon until youth group came. We just wanted to be together and be uh, with our fellow people in youth group and be with, be with who's like, it was just fun to be around. So, but the only thing I take from all that was like, then many times at night, whenever, whatever meeting was over, he would drive a bunch of us home. Right now, were my parents capable of drive, coming to pick me up before I could drive? Sure they were. I lived like two minutes from the church. But, you know, that was just a time where we could really hang out and sometimes stop and talk in the, in the driveway for a long time if I had something going on or just ride around and be silly and, you know, just hang out. Like, that to me was... Obviously the Bible teaching <laughs> was important. The yeah. mission trips were important. Them building the foundation of my faith. But just having somebody that I knew that cared about me that much uh, that would do anything he could for me uh, is what really solidified uh, my faith, I think, if that, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, just, just being real, like, um, it wasn't this cookie-cutter thing of, here's what we do in youth group, and then you go home. It was like, no, we hang out, and we bond and spend time together, and, like, he just really, really, really cared about my life, and it just meant so much to me. Um, 
really set up to for me to be the person I am today. So yeah, that's awesome. And and what's cool and and a little crazy to think about is um you know like I don't I don't know Chris Hooser very well. I I know of him more than I know him. Right. Um. I, I'm not from the Fort Bush area. I didn't go to Fort Bush, so. Um, That's okay. We can forgive you. You still can. You still can make take your kids to Fort Bush. Right. I don't know what I'm doing. But <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't very much exposed to him. The most exposure I've had to him is is you know getting over here at the fridge for like birthday parties and stuff. Right. Like. Yeah. I've talked to him briefly about that. Yeah. Um. But what's really neat is the fact that you know it, he discipled you, you discipled me, and so I'm an extension of. You know, Chris is teaching. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's something yeah. that he probably doesn't even know. Right. Um, yeah. And and you know, and that shows you there's. I'm guarantee you there's more. You know, oh, other yeah. people that he discipled are now so. discipling other people. Right. You know, that's how that works. I so, hope so. <laughs> yeah. So and that kind of leads me into you know another question that I wanted to ask you. So uh, I see that you know Hooser discipled you, um, you discipled me, and now I would like to go do the same. So. Help me and the listeners understand, like, how do you start that process? How, as a as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, how would I seek out someone to disciple? How would I ask them? How would I start that process? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm determining and seeing and answering questions. I like to answer them by by going to a different subject first. <laughs> but so, um, I've noticed. You may have noticed this too. I'm sure that you have, Jacob, as you've been speaking more here and other places that when you're looking for illustrations for a message and you're looking for things in your everyday life that you can use uh, to make a point in, in, in a sermon, you start to find them because you're yeah. looking for them. Right. Right. So the same thing for people, I would say, I've seen it, uh, I think this is in a book that we read a little bit of, like this guy, uh, Greg Ogden, I believe was the one who did this would always have a list of 10 people that he was praying for, praying about uh, discipling. He would keep it with him in his pocket. So he's always looking. And he would say, as he was beginning the process of, uh, of seeing who he may ask next, uh, either whatever it may be, by them being busy or, be, or moving or just being noncommittal, some people would just begin to kind of eliminate themselves from the list. The list would get smaller. And then he would really begin to pray and seek and maybe begin to meet with uh, how many names he had left on the list to kind of see who was next. So uh, I would say that. Just begin to start looking and seeking. And something I've told uh, Sam, and I thank you, Sam, our uh, student director, would be, you know, just start to look in your group. That's a good starting spot. Like if you're in a small group, start there. If you're in a, leading a, a student ministry, start there. Who are the kids that are definitely engaged um, and it looks like they want to learn more? Like when you're in conversation, you can just tell it. Or just the ones who start to be begin to hang around more. They're the ones who did drive there, but when, when uh, your group's over, they're hanging out. Yeah. Like, that's either probably uh, a kid who... Uh, maybe it's trying to get away from a tough home life or it's just looking for, for relationships, and that's important too. Or it's a kid who's really getting a lot out of it spiritually and wants to learn more. So that's what I would say. If you get yourself in a group of people that are believers and start to begin to look and seek and pray and then see who who can you see that is naturally 
very interested in. Looks like they want more. And then pray to God that he would reveal if that's true or not. We talked about that Sunday, how I know if God's speaking, what he's saying. You know, begin to ask him, God. God, who would you have for me to share with? But then you told me this the other day. Uh, don't sit around on your butt and wait on him to drop the answer in your lap. Right. Start to go seek it out. So that's what I would say. Always have a list. Always be looking. Uh, and just in the circles of life that you're in, who are the people uh, that are sticking out to you? And then when the time's right, just fight to ask them yeah. if they would want to do it. So what are some of yeah as a disciple making disciple what are this what are some of the biggest challenges that you've been faced with in the process? Man, I this is just me in general. Uh, I am a bad um, finisher of things. Uh, I'm pretty good at starting. I talked about yesterday that I really uh, am strong in uh, something I didn't even know was a thing until a few years back. Ideation, like. Ideas are big to me. Uh, I love dreaming up things, and I love like the idea of uh, meeting with people, but being consistent about it on my end is not always the best. Uh, and then also, um, people are busy, so being consistent as far as a consistent time schedule is tough. Uh, so it's hard to be flexible sometimes. So like, you know, if you try to start meeting with somebody, and then three out of four weeks you're supposed to meet at Tuesday at eight whatever, and it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> the easy thing to do is be like, all right. Yeah. You know, we talked about God opened doors. Like, well, God closed that door. Maybe he did, or maybe he's like, no, you got to work a little harder to make this happen. It can't always fit at this set time all the time. So that would be a big obstacle to me would be uh, just making it happen consistently. Um, and then not worrying about it being so programmed like we've started reading a few books we've dropped off on that uh i think that's important but like don't get so caught up in the material uh that you don't have time to just talk and see where the person is and what they need like i mean you need to be studying the bible let's make that clear yeah. that should be a part of it but maybe it is just we're going to start reading the bible together we'll read a chapter a week or two chapters uh or maybe it's not a book and maybe it's Sometimes you just need to sit and talk. So having a good plan but being very flexible in that plan, I would say, is very important. And take them, well, I don't know, I'm going on, this isn't a problem. Like, just go do stuff together. Yeah. You know, like, go eat, go have milkshake, go have coffee, go do ministry together. Uh, you know, um, that's a lot of things with Hoosier. It was like, He's going to do something, and I just hop in the car, right? There's not, like, an official, all right, we're going to sit down and study John chapter 1 today, but, like, we're going to go do something and talk and hang out and begin to glean how that person who's discipling you lives their life, how they interact with people, decisions they make, how they carry themselves. You know, that's all important um, for sure. So i say that's very, very important part. So uh, I kind of close with this. If somebody is listening, they're a new listener to the podcast, and they're interested in, in you or learning more about you or talking to you directly, what are ways that they can get in touch with you or hear more from you? Uh, just call my assistant, Jacob Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I'm an open book. Uh, it, it's not hard to find my phone number or uh, I'll give it to you right now. Goodness, anybody listening? 336-469-0020. That's my phone number. Call me, text me, jamie at com. You can message me on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, I'll admit I'm on my phone way too much, Just and I'll say it in a good sense. If you reach out to me, I will see it, and I will contact you back. So I will not miss the message. Um, but I love to talk to anybody about anything, particularly discipleship. Like maybe you want to be discipled, or you're trying to figure out who to disciple or how to do it. Um, I can tell you uh, what not to do. I can tell you how I've come <laughs> up short, right? But we keep doing it. And part of it is we're, <laughs> whoever is the discipler is a broken, sinful person. And whoever they're discipling is also a broken, sinful person. So it's not going to be easy all the time. we got to keep going. Keep doing it. Don't get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged. Um, you know. I mean, we've had up and downs in our in our walk with doing it, but, you know, now I'm seeing you, you know, pushing up a storm over here. So <laughs> something's working. Something's I don't, I don't take all, much of any credit in that, but I, I see the growth that, that's been in you, uh, you know, getting baptized and coming on as an intern with, and now as in a role that we still don't know what that, that is exactly, uh, leading a group. So, I mean, the fruit is there, and that's awesome. Um, and I guess just think about that. If you're a leader, I would challenge you. You think about what you can do as one person, and people that are leaders or natural leaders can do a lot. Uh, but, man, wouldn't it be better if there were more people that could do it? And then once you move on, either you pass away or you move or whatever it is, if there's people who are trained up and ready to do it, um, and that the multiplication that can take place in that is just is just unbelievable. So I'll commend you for it. Something I've seen you do. This isn't necessarily. I mean, it's not a discipleship in the sense of knowing the word better, but like I'll shout out to Brian Howard. He may still be here. He came in today, a uh, faithful guy at our church, and somebody taught you how to run lights. How to, how to program our lights for our church. Yeah. And you just went ahead and taught him how to do it. Yeah. So, while well, I was sitting there asking Matt, who so graciously was teaching well, you how to do it, and I was watching, <laughs> teaching you how to do it, I was asking questions, you're like, I got this. And then, you know, Brian comes in today, and I'm like, oh man, I guess you need to be over here with him. He's like, no, nah, he's got it. He's just gonna, you know, gonna mess around with the system right now. So, yeah, whatever it may be, just be looking to teach other people how to do stuff. Yeah. I think you said, you told me one time, and I like the way that you worded it, but it's like, you know, um, I do, you watch, um, then it was you do, I watch, and then just you do. Is that right? Or am I saying that wrong? <laughs> no, I think that's kind of the short version. Yeah, so it's like, um, I do, you watch, I do, you help, um, you do, I help, you do, I watch, you do it. So that's a little bit more detail, but there's yeah. the process of whatever it may be, you've never seen it done before, you watch somebody do it, next time you help them do it, the next time they help you do it, the next time you do it by yourself. And then, hey, if you keep going, the next time somebody else watch. starts watching yeah. you. That's good. 
uh, be that running our soundboard or teaching kids or discipling or writing a message, whatever it may be. So, and if somebody is uh, discipling you or helping you, whatever, something that Jacob's great at, asking questions. You're great at asking questions. I really appreciate that. Like, if you don't know, you're not afraid to ask. So, yeah, don't be ashamed to ask a question of something you don't understand. Uh, that was me when Matt was having his lights. I was like, hold on a second. Please stop. I don't get you doing. Jacob's like, I got this in my sleep. Let's go. And I didn't know what was happening, so I had to stop and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, for sure. Don't see the questions when you don't ask. Uh, I really believe that a whole lot in my life, for sure. That's all I've got for you, Jamie. Uh, thank you for joining us on uh, the Deep Three podcast. Thanks for having me, Jacob. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. It's a dream come true. I don't know how to close it if you want to close it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for joining today. Uh, we'll be back. I'll be back next time, uh, I think. I don't know what Jacob's got up his sleeve for the next episode of the Deep Three. I think the next one, if I can figure it out, let's go ahead and give you a preview, will be a Unify Bowl special. Okay. Next Friday night, um, start out against Forbush. Go Falcons. Unified Bowl. Go Rams. So we'll, uh, we'll get something going for that. But thank you guys for joining. Jacob, thanks for hosting today. Thank Job you well done. allowing me to You host. may have a, have a career in uh, podcasting now. I might. Let's do it. Might still your job. Uh, uh, <laughs> take my place, right? <laughs> Learn some more about sports or change the topic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining today guys and we'll catch you next time.